across it in, looking for Garza, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hey, y'all. Can I do the intro? No. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to Five Strike Final Andy and I's only highly distributed audio discussion. We're live from Joe's mom's basement uh, here in the heart of Atlanta. I'm JCM Jones of Dirty South Soccer. Joe Patrick. I'm Joe, I'm Joe Patrick, and uh, apparently my mom is pretty rich. Uh, yeah, she's well off, for sure. It's a decent basement. For sure. Um, like Michael Parkhurst, choosing whether or not to go to Applebee's or Chili's, and finally just making a dang decision. We have vanquished a lot of demons here tonight, folks. We have finally beaten D.C. United. Finally. And you know Michael Parkhurst is celebrating with a chocolate molten lava cake. Oh, mm. absolutely. It's the, it's the 352 of desserts I hear. It, it absolutely yeah. is. And the 352 really uh, worked a charm for us tonight. I mean, it's, whew, it's, it's making me tingly again. That kind of tingly? That, that, it happen tends to happen to me yeah. yeah we need to really talk about that i'm kind of concerned <laughs> about those kind of things but overall a positive and very celebratory night absolutely all around uh from everything that happened from the word go elaine united was in control of this one and the formation seemed to be a part of that yeah definitely and uh the players and coaches talked about it after the game you know some downplayed i think the players like to downplay that kind of thing a little bit but um i think tata was was pretty pretty adamant that it was uh it was, it was a big help and um yeah I, th I think that uh it's something we're gonna see more of i don't think it's the only thing we're gonna see and we'll, we'll get into this because we have some questions about it um but uh yeah i thought i thought it worked well obviously and um yeah, I, I hope to see more of it, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, positive feelings all around. It's kind of the first happy feeling we've had in this regular season. Of course, uh, coming back from last week and doing what we did tonight, it's a big response from this team. And we'll talk more about that as we go on, but they really just kind of redoubled their efforts, it seemed like, over the week, especially in training. And it showed the night. It showed the night. And everyone seems to be better off for it. I'm a little shook. I saw my high school girlfriend before this, like – don't know how that happened. It was weird. Uh, but I'm going to make it through, and we're going to celebrate this big win together, guys. So let's recap exactly what went down. Five stripes again, controlling from the get-go. A couple of chances early. Joseph had a big chance. Gressel uh, had a big chance as well. Tito had a chance. Couldn't quite get anything in, not until the 24th minute when Joseph Martinez takes a pass from Tito Vialba just outside the six-yard box and plants it in an easy tap-in for him and a great ball from Darlington Magbury to get things going. On it was beautiful, board. yeah. The whole, the whole that that three-pass setup, and I, I'm glad that Darlington got, you know, he got his hockey assist for that because yeah. he, he clearly deserves it. Um, yeah, it was. It was a beautiful ball that put Tito right down the down the right, and I think that um, that was one of the things about the three-five-two is with that you get Tito in a more more playing like a striker and more. Um, he can be more aggressive with those runs instead of having to worry about responsibilities out wide. So, yeah, it was just a beautiful play. It kind of – the whole – that was the three-five-two working in perfect song right there. Absolutely. It's kind of a quintessential late United goal. I feel like we've seen Joseph score that same kind of goal so many times. It's yeah. just great to see because it's his first goal of the year, and it's just reassuring to kind of be like, all right, we're going to be fine. It was kind of the moment where the panic switch turned off. We were off of DEFCON purple or whatever we were at at that point. Um Atlanta continued to dominate possession throughout the first half. Didn't score again, though, until the 73rd minute when Miguel Almiron takes the ball off the pass from Gressel at the top of the 18-yard box and just blasted it past Usted in the top left corner. Big goal there. Puts us up 2-0. Three minutes later, five stripes respond once again, and Tito Vallalba 
Sorry. accidentally scores essentially as yeah like, yeah it was, yeah it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it sure didn't seem like it was, it was so weird yeah someone someone asked him post oh sorry I'm, I'm off screen hold on let me turn up uh just adjusting some levels here uh <laughs> yeah this First is uh, uh h dad oh. remember that mm-hmm. um yeah that was weird i think someone asked tito post game if he had ever scored a header before which i thought was kind of funny <laughs> because he, I mean, he seems like say? A, i mean was it was, uh yeah. someone i think it was miguel who was like probably at, yeah. at san lorenzo but he definitely hasn't scored one here so um yeah, yeah that was that was fun that was it was like a he seemed just about as surprised as anyone that it actually went in as bob ross would say a happy mistake possibly happy mistake right there from tito just a little just a little touch off the head and then some happy clouds and it floated right in the corner of the net it was yeah. nice yeah it was real nice and then he took a, a machine gun to the crowd right after that in a celebration so <laughs> it, some parallels there uh going on some little a little bit of dichotomy there but overall five stripes get the job done they had a fluky goal towards the end there 86 minute uh maddox pounces on a loose ball that deflected i believe off lorenowitz um can't really blame jeff for that though it's just yeah. kind of one of those things where it just kind of happened to squirt out yeah. right in front of maddox and it was easy finish for him and uh, the worst part of it was that it kept andrew carlton on the bench for five minutes extra uh but overall a nice and comfortable win tonight for five stripes yeah yeah and uh it, well, we'll get we'll get into that in the listener questions about Carlton. We had some we sure. there were some we had some thoughts about Carlton, but um, yeah, that's 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 a pretty good recap. Do you want to move into the listener questions? Yeah, let's go ahead and move into your listener questions. We have our Facebook Live element going in this one, so going to be a little different tonight. We've already got some questions off of Twitter, but we'll be free to accept your questions as well through Facebook Live. Uh, feel free to go ahead and start sending those our way as we kind of move through our questions. Our first question though comes from Zach Lane at Zach Attack on Twitter and he asks is the 352 going to be the first choice shape going forward and has Gresselmania locked down a starting spot at right wing back me I'll say you know Tata talked about this after the game and he made it clear that the team can play in more ways than just the 352 I think everyone's conclusion after the game like a lot of people in the media were like oh the difference between four nothing, a four nil loss, and a three one win is clearly this formation change, this Titanic shift. Um, which I mean, maybe part part of that there, there's a semblance of truth to that, but I definitely think this team will go back to playing its try its tried and true four three three four two three one. Mm-hmm. Now it might not be it might not look the same exactly the same as it did last year since we have some new players like Nagby and uh, Barco when he comes back. Um, but I, I, I think I think we'll go back to that eventually. Um, but it's nice to what this game was really helpful in seeing was that we can go to something like this and be successful with it. And we ha- we kind of have mm-hmm. a plan B, as they like to say. Well, it's interesting. Our vantage point, you can kind of see where we're at from up here. We can get a pretty good tactical feel for what exactly they're doing. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the triangles pop up that weren't there, it seemed like against Houston, everything was so much better spaced everyone had more room to work with everyone had more time on the ball and it kind of deflated any pressing that dc united was trying to do and it kind of deflated any bunkering yeah trying to do at the same time yeah we pointed out i mean me and you kind of like we're we're kind of nudging each other whispering like this is like actually working really well right now because mm-hmm. it, in our build-up we always had an extra man at the back to be able to pass around if it was Emil Assad pressing up on in the kind of on the corners on those uh, wide center backs uh, or Matt or Maddox. Um, there was just a, there was always an extra man to play around, and it just forced DC United to do do a, do a ton of running. They were they yeah, were just running absolutely. themselves into the ground in that half, and I think that's one of the biggest advantages. It's uh, like Tata might say, offense with defense, you know, or defense with offense. Yeah. That Additionally. One. 
The formation is thick, y'all. Two C's. Thick. It is. There's a whole lot of width. Whole lot of width. And it helped a little bit to be back on this pitch, to be back on this wide pitch here at Mercedes Benz. But there was so much width I felt like that was there that was missing mm-hmm. in the Houston game. And you saw it on the Tito goal when he just got out wide and found some space and found pretty much acres of space as soon as Nagby played him on. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I did want to go back to, uh, to the question asked about Gressel. Mm-hmm. I thought that the, the this three five two really got the best out of him. I feel like yeah. uh, it plays perfectly to his strengths, which is to play on the wing, put that service in. He's got great service, um, which we, uh, we saw quite a bit in this game of him yep. making those huge overlapping runs and putting those sliding those low balls across back into the box, uh, like to the top of the box. I think that's how uh, Almiron scored was on a Gressel assist. Yes. Uh, where he, he where he made that overlapping mm-hmm. run. Someone played him on. And he had a, he had a goal-scoring chance as well in the first half. Yeah. And that's um, one of the things we talked about a little bit with him last year. He had a spell of games where he was playing out uh, the right forward spot, right wing spot, whatever you want to call it, in a 4-3-3, and was still getting those plays where he would get to the end line and play it back for someone. And it usually ended up being Miguel, uh, interestingly enough. And tonight it kind of happens, not quite in the same way, but Gressel pulls the ball back and finds Miguel at the top of the box, and he's able to finish. But like you said, his service from outside, yeah. from out the, from the wings, whatever you want to call it, is, yeah. is extremely solid, and it kind of reinvents him when he's out there. Absolutely, yeah. Talked to him about it after the game as well. He said he felt very comfortable in getting in that white ring back position. Um, said that he can really play anywhere on the pitch, and he gave all credit to Tata for coming up with such a great game, game plan tonight, and mm. it seemed to be really effective. Mm. But what it does bring up is our next question, and it kind of – plays into well we've got a guy injured what happens when he comes back so when zeke barco comes back this question comes from matt d brent crawford on twitter when zeke barco comes back how do things change for atlanta united yeah uh we have josh eisenberg in the chat who says formation changes only while barco's out gressel is back on the bench when barco's fit and i totally agree with that i think that um you know barco's going to play a lot like at all possible moments. Uh, That's why they paid so much money for him. Mm -hmm. And the natural person to, that would be, you know, on the receiving end of that is Gressel, I think, you know, um, I don't know if Tata would trust someone like him playing a full on right back and a four back system, which is probably what you're going to play. If Barco comes back and you include all these pieces that are on the field tonight. Right. Um, So, yeah, I I do agree with that. I think, I think Gressel will hit the bench, but that's fine. You know, Gressel, I mean, he's, a really good player in the right in the right system and in the right situations, and I think that there's no reason to try to force him in. I mean, I I know he's a he's a crowd favorite, so that's why a lot of people want to see him in the game. Um, but cool I think, nickname gets you anywhere, in <laughs> right? Life. Yeah, like, yeah. You, no matter what you do, if you get a cool nickname, he already has it made for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Josh Eisenberg is uh, spot on in that. You know, we'll see Barco back. You in seem there very and, confident in that. I feel less confident. Okay. And the good, reason for good. that, the reason for that is a quote Tata had after the game, uh, talking about how the three-five-two kind of helped cover for the deficiencies of not having Carlos Carmona. And he talked about how uh, people were able to cover a little easier and how things were just a little bit easier for the defensive aspect of of the team to maintain um, with that Carlos Carmona-sized hole still left in the midfield. So if we don't have a new six coming into it, um, into this team, um, I'm not so sure we get away from the 3-5-2 if it's working. Of course, you start having to move a whole lot of pieces around at that point. I'm not quite sure where everyone would fit. Uh, But Tata seemed to indicate that 
this was a move to make up for the deficiencies uh, that we saw in Houston that are caused by Carlos Camona not being there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he, he talked about wanting to pack the midfield. And I, what I really thought was interesting about Tata's press conference and something that he mentioned about the tactics were was the role of Miguel Almiron. Mm. He talked about how, you know, last year what we saw a lot from Almiron was him um, – really supporting Joseph and really playing up high close to Joseph within range so that he could, or at least carrying the ball close to Joseph so that he could, uh, you know, give him, lay him off passes and make assists. Uh, but I think in this game, we saw a lot more of Miguel going box to box, which is a similar role that he played when he played at Lanús um, in Argentina. And he played on the, on the left side of a, of a midfield three basically and went box to box there. And uh, I, I think that that we saw more of that kind of performance from him tonight. And I think that, um, I think it, it really helped the team because he's so good in all situations. You want him yeah. being in as many areas of the pitch as possible. You don't want him isolated and not receiving the ball as much. What he does really, really well, especially when he's allowed to kind of go rover a little bit, um, he's the Paraguayan god of ball recoveries. Miguel Almiron gets just about every single loose ball you can. It's interesting if you look at the statistical breakdown of it, you can go to MLS.com and check out the charts for that. Um, you can tell that Miguel Almiron is just far and away one of the best midfielders in the league picking up these loose balls, and they oftentimes leads the chances for us, especially um, you know going forward if they're in uh, that loose ball is in uh, the opposing half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought I thought he played well, and uh, yeah, I, I think that the we we it, that's just what made this game was so interesting was that we saw so many little tactical tweaks like in all areas of the field. You talked about the wing backs, you can talk about the way central midfield performed. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought it was really great. And someone in the chat mentioned that um, Jeff isn't going to be fit all season and totally agree. I'm not. We still need a central defensive midfielder, in my opinion. Um, and I think the club, based on what they've been saying in recent weeks, uh, would agree with that. Yeah. Um, but I think that this is a good solution in the time being to kind of cover up for that. For sure. For sure. And the question, I think, really is it's not when or it's not if we get a center defensive mid uh, coming in. It's just when. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Can we hold out with Jeff until the summer uh, if we're waiting for the prospect or the target we really, really want to bring in? Um, it could be a question a lot of y'all have to ask yourselves if you're going to be patient enough with it. <laughs> um, again, MLS, different format. You just have to be good enough to get the playoffs and then anything can happen. So uh, the, the focus isn't quite on you know, maintaining excellence throughout the entire year. It's being the best at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, uh, so. S- Steven Joyce, I see you in the comments. Who won the Copa de Glutton? You're going to have to wait for the end of the show, my friend. We will reveal that at the end. But it was a great turnout. We had an awesome time. Thank you so much, Faction, for hosting that. But we will we will we'll talk about more about that a little later. But yeah, I, didn't, sure. I didn't want you to keep you hanging. Uh, what's the next question we had? It comes from um, ah, Jacob Inman on Twitter. Says lots of criticism for uh, of Atlanta for not giving Carlton minutes in favorable moments, like especially last week, uh, and then again today, another favorable moment for him to come in with a three goal lead, um, which turned into a two goal lead. Um, does this need to, is is this is it worthy of of the criticism in your opinion? No. No. And I talked to Andrew after the game. Uh, got to talk to him. He's amazing. Um, you kind of walk up to him and instantly have like a little brother vibe with him. Like yeah. you instantly like want to be like, hey, man, you want to like go get some ice cream or something <laughs> and just like chill and play FIFA. Um, he's awesome. He's a real cool, dude. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he looked at me and you know, I asked him, like, you're cool with getting in for just the 20 seconds. He goes, yeah, man, it's tw- 20 seconds is better than no. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And it's great. It's great to see his energy and enthusiasm. He's obviously really excited to get in uh, for the first time at MBS. Um, and I think it's going to continue to grow. I think um, 
he's not going to be as involved with U.S. youth team stuff this year, I think. And I think we're going to continue to see um, his presence in the team grow. Today was just kind of a jumping off point. He was originally supposed to come in about the 85th, 86th That's minute. important to know. I think it was I think it was like 82nd or 82nd yeah, or 83rd, something like that. He was the bib off for a long time. He was. He had, he, had the, he had the bib off standing, ready to go. He was right behind Romario Williams. Romario went in first. And then I, I'm pretty sure he was supposed to go in on the next dead ball and then and it the never goal came happened because Matt yeah. scored. <laughs> yeah, right. And then it was so fun, like funny because I figured we weren't going to lose. Uh, Tata, when that goal went in, he just threw his arms up in the air. He was mm-hmm. so mad. He took a big swig of water and kind of tossed it. Um, like you know, yeah. of course this happens. Of course, um, I think I think he was slated to get more minutes than we ended up seeing. But obviously, yes, with for sure, you know, you don't want you don't want to put him in after after giving up a goal. And the team start then starts reeling, you know, and then you then you're really in the in the shit. So, exactly. um, yeah, I, I think we'll we'll continue to see him on uh, little small small doses like that. Exactly, and I think I'm very happy just to see him. Yeah, and you know, I, I I think if Kevin Kratz had brought out again tonight, I think I might be a little furious. Uh, but we didn't see we didn't see that. We saw Andrew get in and get real minutes. Yeah. Um, well, a minute, but still, it was <laughs> he got into the game, um, and it's going to only get better from here. Yeah, and I'm a huge Carlton Homer too, but um, right. you know, I, I don't think you can really criticize for what happened tonight. I would be, I would still be critical of what of the Houston of not sure. playing him there. Um, but I, I, this game, not too concerned. Uh, let's see. Next question we have from uh, XL Walker LX on Twitter says, "Is this a sign we finally figured out how to break down teams that like to bunker?" No, (laughs) this was a great game um, and everything worked very, very well. Uh, It seemed to be possession oriented a little more than the Houston game. Everything seemed to be moving. Uh, Maybe not slower, about the same kind of speed, but there seemed to be more of a purpose to it, Mm -hmm. I think, um, and seemed to be more direct. Um, does that mean we've figured out how to break down teams who are going to sit back? No, this is not a good team that we played tonight, despite the fact they'd you know beaten up on us a couple of times. Um, you can't really pick up an indication of that yeah. think, just I, from this. Too small of a sample size, yeah. really. I mean, it, not not to say it wasn't a good performance, and that you know we 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 certainly earned the goals that we scored, mm-hmm. but um, I, it's just too early to make some kind of. Uh, big conclusion like that, but uh, I, I did think that with this, with the three five two, we just did a better job of like drawing them out a little more. Like, sure, they were never going to get the ball if they didn't come try to get it. Mm. So I think that it did kind of help in that sense. But like you said, time will tell if that's a long term. And, and and going back to the fact that the formation is thick, um, you know, <laughs> it really it really helped space them out. We really spaced them out tonight. It was kind of incredible to. Just see the difference in that tonight compared to last week, mm-hmm. uh, which we've said a few times tonight. But uh, no, it's just so much more room for everyone to work. Um, is it an indication that things are getting better? Maybe. And maybe we're starting to figure out a little bit. I don't think we'll really know until Zeke gets back. And we've played some teams that are really, really sound defensively. Um, and they are going to bunker back like that and actually have defenders capable of really making an impact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to uh, some things we learned. I think I think we we pretty much covered this extensively. But one thing that we mm-hmm. had noted is that the three five two just fit this uh, this personnel so much better than the four two three one. Like you said, with Barco out, you don't really have a natural replacement for him on the left wing. At least not until Andrew Carlton starts to come through. Or right, you know, we don't really have that dynamic winger. So um, yeah, I think we've gone into that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I that's definitely something we learned. I don't know if you had any additional thoughts no, on I that. I think we've covered it pretty well. Yeah. I think we've covered a lot of these. Um, 
I, I still noted that it seemed like our fitness isn't quite up to like midseason form, which is to be expected. Sure. But I thought in that second half, the tempo really slowed down a lot. We were. Yeah. I, I thought that it just the whole game was slower, and I think from both sides, really. Yeah, I think it opened up just because people were kind of getting a little tired yeah. by the end of it. Yeah, you know? definitely, definitely. Um, and I, there was like one moment where uh, Tito just had this like amazing run with the ball, and like late in the second half, he just was blowing by people. But it just, it just kind of like like it that was great. But then he was blowing by people who were gassed as hell, and then yeah. he was like after that run, he was like completely dead. It's like when you're playing a video game and you have like the power bar underneath like a character, yeah. and you can see it slowly like fading out, and it just died. It died right there at the 18 yard box. But that boy fast, man. Yeah, good yeah. lord, he took a lot of effort to get that get to there in the first place. Yeah, he was flying. Uh, but yeah, the fitness made just not be there yeah uh, but i don't think anyone is really yeah it, no yeah. it's just a league-wide thing i think it's just just um more of a funny thing to note by the way and josh eisenberg notes speaking of we're talking about tito that he was playing more a little more on the left today and i i, yeah. I do think that since he was in that role with, with the formation change he had a little more freedom to move around and kind of just him and joseph could play off each other they it wasn't so restricted of he needs to be on the right because he needs, needs to be marking the right fullback and all right. that kind of thing absolutely absolutely um, three, Michael Parkhurst, uh, underrated distributor out of the back. I kind of noted to you, I looked over to you during the game and said that Parkhurst was kind of filling that role that you'd see Lorenowitz get mm-hmm. into when we were in possession last year when we moved from that 4-2-3-1. In a possession, it kind of became more of a 3-4-3 with Lorenowitz dropping back into the center of uh, the back line and distributing out that way. Uh, Parkhurst filled that role tonight. And like you said, did a really good job, I think. Yeah, I think one of the things I was most impressed with, you know, obviously he can kick the ball from side to side and play with the center backs. That's 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 um, that's fine and pretty standard stuff. But what I was really most impressed about was him, his vision in finding players like Nagby and Amaron and Tito and Joseph even um, deep into the attack. Like he was starting attacks from the back at times by making one incisive pass that went right to the front. Not booting it, but you know, a, a sharp pass on the ground, um, and it would it would it would ignite an attack. And I, I just think that that's something that you really need from that position. Uh, at least one of those guys doing it. And it's funny, like we always think about Leandro Gonzalez Perez being the main distributor distributor out of the back, mm-hmm. um, and he is he is good, especially with the long the long passing, like hitting those long diagonals. But uh, I thought Parkhurst was the best passer of the ball tonight from any of our defenders. Yeah, I'd agree. I would agree for sure. And then speaking of Parkhurst and that center back role, we kind of talked about it last week, how we were really missing him for that first half, or at least that first 30 minutes until Leandro got hurt. Um, tonight, everything kind of got back to normal with him moving back into a center back role. Lorena was getting the midfield and both just looked way more comfortable. Yeah, I think I noted to you at one point, I was like, man, Lorena was just so much better as a midfielder. Oh, yeah, yeah, which which we know, which yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. knows yeah, at this just, point. It's just yeah, like you know, nice it's just to see, so nice to when you see it. it. Yeah, exactly. 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 Uh, and, then, and then one last thing I noticed was uh, it just seemed like Atlanta switched off a bit at the end when they scored that third goal. It was kind of, you know, I think fitness may have played a part in this, but I think that, um, yeah, they just kind of mentally switched off and they allowed Maddox to get that goal. And then after the goal, they gave up another very close chance to Maddox again. Yeah. Um, they were getting exploited down the wings a little bit, and those crosses into Maddox were, were quite dangerous, to say the least. Um, and so, anyway... I don't know if there's that yeah, much to really expound about yeah. that. I mean, it's just something that it's 
human nature happens when you have a big lead like that. For sure. But. Although I was kind of getting nervous uh, for a moment <laughs> there. There was one cross in that would have made it 3-2 if they had been able to finish it. It was pretty tight, kind of just right outside the edge of the six, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a little bit of nerves just because we had so much bad voodoo coming into this with DC United. But now all those, all those demons vanquished tonight, and it's in large part uh, thanks to our underappreciated players out there. Joe, who is your Lorenowitz man? of the night I shouldn't have given this away because I've you already did. waxed already, so poetic yeah. about him but it's Michael <laughs> Parkhurst I, I just thought that um, he was so good and I talked mainly about it, mainly about his passing earlier um, but I you know defensively he was great there was one mm. there was one play he tracked down Maddox going towards that corner right there um, he tracked down Darren Maddox man and made a and Made what the hell are all the these tables tackle? out here? Hold on. What? <laughs> it looks like they're set what up for like a here? Sunday, is this, like... Uh, is this like the Rotary brunch? Club? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Qantas Club is happening on the Mercedes-Benz <laughs> Field right now. Um, I mean, what's it called when you bring all the food together, like in one place, and like everyone brings something? Like a banquet? Or like a, a banquet? Uh, like, oh, it's uh, an old like potluck? southern... Potluck. Thank you. Yep, it yeah. looks like a potluck. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Man, this would be a hell of a place to have a potluck dinner, man. Yeah, for sure. A little roomy. Can you imagine? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe one of the local churches has hopped on that. And maybe that's what they're setting up for. Um, my <laughs> Lerunowitz man. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I no, just no, got, no, I, I got was weirded out by the tables. <laughs> my Lerunowitz man of the night. That's great. That's great audio, by the way, as yeah. I was talking about tables. <laughs> right. My Lerunowitz man of the night. The one who was most underappreciated. In my mind. It was Jeff Lerunowitz. Uh, it was Jeff Lerunowitz, y'all. Happened. It's, it's happened. It's finally it happened. It took, like, what, four preseason games and this to finally get there. <laughs> but finally, the man who the award is named after, who graciously donated his likeness into the trophy we're handing out for these things after the games. We're not doing that, but I wish we were. But Jeff Lerunowitz. Was good today. He was really good. That's all I got. I don't know. He was really, really solid. It was great to see him back in the midfield. He was doing so much well. Uh, he was the passing was crisp, but especially again, you see him showing up in the little defensive moments where he's just in the right spot at the right time and causing havoc and making it difficult for folks like Camila Saad to cut in and make something happen, or like Luciano Acosta when he finally got in. Yeah, and I think you might be a little biased because my man Sam Jones here uh, got a Jeff Lorenowitz signed picture uh, earlier <laughs> earlier today. Shout so out I'd Harrison Hibbert who happened to uh, just drop that my way. He slipped me an envelope. I didn't know if it was like some like money he had laundered. <laughs> it was very or sketchy. Something. It was super <laughs> I sketchy. Saw the app um, but it ended I thought up it was anthrax wonderful. to be honest. Oh, wow. <laughs> People really don't like my Twitter account sometimes, but that's, <laughs> right. that's fair. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, shout out Harrison for, for dropping that my way. Uh, but yeah, Jeff Lorenowitz, my awesome. Lorenowitz man of the night. And speaking of Jeff Lorenowitz, he gave us our quote of the night tonight. Of course he did. He's always a great quote. Our quote of the night in our final segment of this one. Jeff Lorenowitz says, our intensity was the biggest difference tonight. Coach wrote the word commitment on the board this week. And we followed that. That's some like Friday Night Lights stuff oh, right there. Oh, yeah. That's some clear that's eyes, a, full hearts. Yeah, absolutely. We, we wrote commitment on the board, and we stuck to it. They, they really did, though. They Tata really Martino is a lot himself. more than just this uh, tactician. and mm-hmm. this, Yeah. He's a motivator of men. Yeah, absolutely. Of grown men. Chalkboard material. Love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's essentially Amazing. Nick Saban at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, good to see that kind of, we wondered, we wondered about the effort level mm-hmm. in, in that first game. And we talked about, we'd hoped that no one had gotten complacent. No one had given in to what's called the disease of more, um, which happens after you win something big. 
Um, the hype was around this team, but we hadn't really won anything. We were hoping that hadn't hit the team yet. Um, it doesn't seem like that's the case, especially since they've redoubled their efforts this week, and it, and it paid off in a big way right behind us tonight. Yeah. yeah. I have nothing more to add. That was, that was beautiful. Oh, thank you. All right, that's it. That's going to wrap go it up. Get Five Stripe Final. Shout out Ryan Catney. Shout out Jason Isbold. Shout out Patrick Sickle. Shout out Kyle Morton. Shout out Merlin. Shout out Jid. Shout out Donald Glover. Shout out Ben Jones. And shout out to the one and only LeVar Burton. I know you're listening. Shout out Jorge Thieler. Shout out Jeff mm-hmm. Pellies and Chris Raimundi. Shout out Ariel Castillo, who was here from MLS. And shout out Delta Funky Homo Sapien. Nice. I've been listening to him a lot. Very nice. All right. Good stuff. All right, folks. <laughs> I about said five stripes win <laughs> three to one. That's the final score tonight. We uh, are ending our live stream. Yeah. Right you now. Can, and you can follow us uh, at J Sam Jones on Twitter or something yes, like that. At J I'm J Patrick 200. Yeah. And you can follow Dirty South Soccer. Um, obviously, you probably already follow them. Um, go ahead and click the like button on Facebook on Dirty South Soccer as Smash well. So you make like sure you button. get all these videos. Um, and then crack and open a, a cold one with the boys. Oh, we didn't even right. talk about the Copa. Oh, my God. We didn't even thank, talk about oh, the Copa. Thank God oh, you talked about right. cracking open a cold one, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so upset that I did that. <laughs> All right. Uh, today, we also had our Copa to Glutton. Sorry to add an extra segment here, but uh, we were really happy with the turnout in that. Our winging competition for Fuji's family, great charity over at Clarkston that raises money. Or raises, not raises money. We raise money. Yeah. Uh, who helps out uh, child survivors of war through academics and through soccer. We were able to raise the final tally comes to about fifteen hundred dollars today wow. just in one day uh through crazy. Help with uh darren eels pledged some money uh gave us a signed barco jersey to give away he came over to the copa and talked to us for a little bit said some words to the crowd it was amazing uh, it was a peak moment in my entire life what a gent uh, he's a good dude good dude love darren darren's contributed to a few of our charitable yes. causes uh from time to time uh, so big thanks to him and big thanks to everyone at line tonight for helping out and thanks to you guys for donating and helping out the fuji's always one of our favorite things to do and we'll look for more ways to do that in the future and who won our winner tonight in the Copa de Glutton, the first ever Copa de Glutton, Sam J. Franco, comes out in a chalk victory. Yeah, it was not, it was not, not even that close, to be slightest. honest. I, yeah, I was cruised. pretty disappointed in Harris. Yeah. Uh, I thought Harris was the better trash talker and the far yes. worse eater. Yes, this week. unfortunately. It's like Conor McGregor in a boxing match. Yeah, that's pretty much how, how it worked out. Yes, I guess it's Franco is Floyd Mayweather then. I, I guess that's how that works out. It's unfortunate. But Franco gets the win. Uh, but the real winners are hopefully the Fujis, who will have something to do with uh, the money we we were happy to raise for them. Um, so that's going to wrap it up here from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'm Jason Jones. Joe Patrick's over there. Bye, y'all. See ya. Hey, don't you know I got a key by the three when I church, church, baby.